0: Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Todd A.
1: I'm Taylor Trask.
0: Good evening, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know if I was supposed to keep going. Or, I was like, maybe, maybe he's waiting for me to roll on and uh, it was some pithy comment of some kind. I just don't have one.
0: Oh, no. We're uh, yeah. uh, uh, regrouping in the new year. Um, yeah, and uh, sort of planning out number 100... Which is happening next week? Yeah, we, well,
1: yeah. It's the, we were doing some math earlier. If you listened, to, I think what two or three episodes ago, it, we, it dawned on us that we were nearing episode 100. If you go by sort of the the long fraught history of this of the show, as it started off as one thing and evolved into another thing, and then evolved into this, um, with you know a lot of common thread along the way. So we're counting all of those episodes, and 100 is the one after this one. Can you believe
0: it? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, there, there's actually technically more than a hundred already. So we're not oh. we're not padding we're not padding the numbers at all. If anything, we've we because we we went back and sort of squeezed in like some 0.5 episodes and yeah, uh, true. And the American Gods cast that you keep telling me not to mention again and uh, uh, <laughs> nobody wants to know about that anymore. But it's in there. It's. A, I feel like we're finally getting our own lore, our own like <laughs> history of episodes. If you're not that familiar about.
1: If you're not familiar there was a a brief moment in time where I personally thought the show time, no stars a uh, American Gods TV series was going to be my new favorite thing because I love the book Love Neil Gaiman and I just could not and we started a show I was like let's do a let's do a podcast we'll, we'll do we'll do a podcast for all the seasons of the show and I just I couldn't get past episode 3 before I was like Todd we can't do this anymore I just this is not my the show is not for me and we uh, just sort of quietly killed it behind the barn and that was that and
0: I, think uh, I was i was happy though that we we mutually killed it it wasn't yeah. like my my interest faded we were trying to do it where you had read the book and were such a fan and i was not a reader and we thought that would be a good opposites our game of thrones podcast where the reverse is true and um but yeah we just arrived at that point and went no eh, that's no good so yeah. um, boy yeah. I, I have to tip my hat to those <laughs> entertainment podcasters that just talk about every episode of a show forever i think yeah yeah (laughs) i mean unless you even game of thrones it had been established before we started a podcast (laughs) that's
1: true we never really did uh you know as seasons one two three of uh wednesday and westeros and i I don't know if we even need to at this juncture but um yeah that's interesting that we never we never really jumped in on american Gods. yeah So we've got
0: we've got some. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well,
1: you may be you may be about to say this. I was going to ask you because we haven't chatted since before. Thank uh, Christmas. Officially, I I went off on my trip. You went off on your trip um, and uh, you wonderfully handled Instagram while I was away, uh, which was uh, uh, interesting for me because I really wanted to post. And I was like, I'll let him go with it. And you did fine. You did fine, my boy. It, uh, you,
0: you crushed it, though. Uh, for those who don't know, find us on, on Instagram at panelism.inc, and Taylor has these awesome pictures of Portugal where he was and yeah. the comic, comic scene there, which was spectacular.
1: Oh, so. it, was, it was wonderful. But at, while we were away, a little movie came and is still in theaters, thankfully, that I was curious. I, I had mentioned briefly I had seen it to you via IM, but I, I don't even know if you've seen it. Has Have you seen and witnessed The Majesty of Aquaman?
0: yes i in fact i just saw it yesterday oh and i guess did not understand from your no i guess i knew i I don't know if i knew you'd seen it yeah Um, well
1: no i sent you a message maybe i was unclear i I, no, i saw it's funny you said i saw it saturday and i was like oh my god this you know this wonder woman shazam are sort of what they should have been doing this whole time um i don't even know personally i don't even know if it's necessary for them, it, Superman and Batman may be like Spider Man for the next ten years. They just don't care. There's like we don't, we won't even touch that. We'll build this out completely without them, and yeah. uh, find some new interesting way to reintroduce them down the road. I, I oh, yeah. personally, uh, you know, I went into this Aquaman movie, Aquaman movie, knowing there was Goodwill and a lot of people were digging it, you know, and hearing that it was, you know, don't overthink it. But it is a wonderful return to sort of just the pure. Uh, 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 Non-cynical, fun movies of the '90s, you know, where it's just like, oh, this happened. You know, anything you would have seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in, you know, in the '90s, or any any actors like that. That's it's kind of what I was hearing, and it seems just when I left the theater, I had that sort of like, oh yeah, this is what it used to be like. I will say this though, when I was describing it to my wife, I said it was a perfect combination of The Little Mermaid, Kingsman, and Game of Thrones, with uh some. Some Tron Legacy, maybe thrown in for good measure, but just the boy, the King- a lot of Tron. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> way more than I thought. Uh, but the Kingsman yeah. aspect of it, I, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of that movie, as we all know. And sort of, the, it's it is that the Kingsman is the the quintessential marker of just a purely unadulterated fun movie. So that's mm-hmm. always my my go-to standard. And then Aquaman gets, you know, it gets it's not quite as charming, but it gets in that vein for me. I was just like, oh God, it just does uh, it was just having fun. It wasn't trying to be you know serious and meaningful. It's just like, yeah, no, this is just this is a big, dumb, fun movie and has a lot of heart. And I actually sort of teared up at the end, but that was me.
0: What was your review, sir? Wow. I've been <laughs> uh I what a surprising turn of events. Um I mean oh, no. I, I liked it. Uh mm-hmm. I I think it's interesting that you bring up Kingsman because I am I'm not on the the level of fan that you are of that movie but on Saturday I watched the opening scene to Golden Circle again. Oh. Um just not even thinking about Aquaman. I just it was on HBO and I just watched it. Um The
1: very first use by the way of a Prince song post his oh, death.
0: yeah. That was the first movie to get their licensing hands on
1: a Prince. That's why Let's Go. That's why when it's the scene starts off you're sort of like, wait, Why is this suddenly? What is off about this scene? Like, what I'm not, what is going on? And it's because we have, other than Purple Rain, our generation (laughs) has never heard a movie with a Prince song or, well, Purple Rain, Batman, circa 1989. And then what was that other Prince, uh, like,
0: under the cherry moon?
1: Is that the movie? It was that, but yeah. no, there's like another, there's like a sequel to Purple Rain, like Alabaster Bridge or something like, you know what I'm talking about? It's, what? it's hang on, hang on, hang on. This is,
0: this sounds to
1: Purple Rain. <laughs> it's called Graffiti Bridge. There we go. So Graffiti Bridge. The that was a to movie. Rain.
0: Yeah. 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 Was it it's, like a made for TV movie or something?
1: I mean, it might as well have been. If I, I've seen like half of it and I forget what the circumstances were, but it's, it's like a very poor like you know, remember back when the Dis- when Disney would put out like their signature animated movie, like here here it is, The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, you know, and there'd be like these grand slam mm. big movies, and then for maybe ten years after that, um, you know, through home video release, they'd be like Aladdin back in action, you know, like just different, like maybe like nine or ten different sequels with like a you know a voice cast that sounded kind of you know close enough. They're never gonna get Robin Williams back, which you know, at that time was common now it would probably be totally different but at the time they'd make these knockoff sort of sequels with the animation wasn't as as easy graffiti bridge reminds me of that for purple rain where it's you know you get morris day and you get prince but you don't get apollonia like every like sort of everything about the purple rain is gone it's just this weird little sort of objet dava movie anyway why did we 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 were discussing Kingsman.
0: (laughs) kingsman 2 and the opening scene uh, which, by the way, you you can hear our review of Kingsman Two. This is gonna blow your mind in episode number forty five. Wow, <laughs> that's how many? How long ago it was? Wow. Um, uh, yeah, a year and a, and four months ago. Um, anyway, uh, what struck me about that is that that scene is so wild, and you know, so much of it is CGI animated, but it still kind of swings around with the look of like a camera swinging through the car during that fight mm-hmm. um and so much of aquaman uh did not like i was so aware during during it um that it, it looked like a video game
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: that was mm-hmm. and i i felt that in um justice League for sure and you know maybe a little bit in Batman versus superman but This was just like it was embracing like a video game aesthetic to me, which was not bad. I thought all that undersea stuff was amazing. I was a little thrown off that Patrick Wilson's bad guy mask looked just like his night owl mask in Washington. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was so (laughs) – I I could not look at him without going – they just painted the night owl mask. I don't know what's happening. Um, I really, I was really disturbed that with uh, Mara's heels in her boots, like that she had like lifts in her boots. Yeah, that was weird. That was really
1: There's weird. There's one scene where
0: she's running and he's getting his dad out of the truck and uh, she runs over and I just, in my head, it just doesn't, it looks really awkward. And I thought, yeah, at this moment, Amber Heard was like, "I'm about to face plant I better be delicate." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she just mm-hmm. sort of like, it looks like a run, but she's moving at walk speed. You know, kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> she got a saunter like in. when you're when you're Hi on guys, a wet I'm here. or something. Yeah, um, a little late because of the, the nature of my boots, which
1: are completely impractical for
0: land, right? <laughs> or water. I or mean, there's, water, there, yeah. there's something where she's walking underwater, and I was like, God, this would be so hard to do if you're pitched forward like that. Uh, uh. But you know, that's stupid. That's a stupid thing to worry about. I mean, that's just what comic book movies look like. I, I mean, I thought it was a, a really fun movie. It's just not, I didn't think it was as good as wonder woman. Mm-hmm. And I, would agree. I, and it's, it definitely had, they haven't synthesized the, uh, this is how I came out of it. I'll, I'll tell you what I thought yesterday was I came out and I went, you know, the deal is that Marvel makes good superhero movies that are also just good movies Mm. and good superhero movie and at this point like that's all dc needs to do like just Mm -hmm. clear the bar
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) which this did i
0: mean i thought this oh totally yeah yeah but it was not yet like a good movie like i thought wonder woman was a good movie oh sure yeah yeah, i have some pretty high hopes for shazam now but um oh i do too you know
1: i think that's gonna be i honestly I have nothing like, you know, I haven't been pining for DC to like solve this. I'm just sort of just a casual fan who's like, oh, I want them, you know, I'd love to have, uh, you know, something new and interesting, right? But I honestly think that like Shazam, the way I'm seeing it and the cast and everything, I think it's going to be their Guardians of the Galaxy times like 10. I think it's going to be the, I mean, beyond even what Aquaman has been getting in terms of, you know, sort of support or I, I think a lot of people just saw Aquaman going, Oh, thank God they didn't screw it up for once. They didn't screw it up other than yeah. Wonder Woman. So I think Shazam is going to be that one little sort of thing where it's just like, Holy crap. I had no idea. This could be this like Mark strong is the villain for God's sake. Mark strong is playing Dr. Savannah. Mm. Like that's oh. all you need to hear. Just that alone. Yeah. I'm there for, but just, yeah, I, you're right. it, it's going to be, I, I, I mean, I'll gladly retract that, but everything I'm seeing, and they're, they've only sort of, you know, the 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 things they have leaked. The trailer has been very minimal, and this movie comes out next yeah. month, so you know it's going to
0: be. <laughs> it was like summer.
1: No, oh, it's Holy like March, shit. isn't it? Hang on, Shazam
0: release. Oh, I think you're right. I'm not April even 5th. thinking about April March. 5th. Okay, okay. So we had, we got a little buffer. A little um, buffer.
1: But I mean, they. I mean, by this yeah. point, they should be on like you know, like their tenth trailer, but this they're sort of keeping it a little under the radar, which I, which I like. And I'm hoping that just means like, we're just going to be delighted by all this, you know, just through this completely non grim dark version well, of that world.
0: Exactly. And just imagine the flash movie they could make with uh, oh, uh, Ezra Miller. You know, that better, be, they, better
1: um, they better just bri- drive a, a semi truck of money up to Robert Zemeckis' house and go, sorry, <laughs> we're so sorry. Come on back. We're ready now. You, whatever you want to do, I mean, because like Jesus Christ, you, I mean, think about every amazing Robert Zemeckis movie that you ever loved and just imagine like that aesthetic or that personality applied to the flash. Like it could be ridiculous. Really fun. And Ezra Miller's yeah. flash at that, you know, you, you, yeah, it's, yeah. everything's ready. I,
0: I do think he has to interact with, with other super people to, to really bring out the humor. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll, yeah. <clears throat> you know, team him up with some people and it won't just be a pure solo effort. If that's great, if they end up doing that's one. a great point. Or make yeah, him just I like mean, the
1: Hulk of the whole thing, where you just kind of keep teaming him up and spinning, you know, putting him in different movies. Maybe he doesn't get his own. Yeah, movie then. yeah, that could work. Anyway, quick, wait, wait, real quick, real quick, one more. Thing. Oh yeah, you got one more. I do want to point out, um, if you're listening and you're a He Man fan, it's worth noting James Wan, once upon a time, I I think two three years ago, had been dis- chosen to direct, write and direct the the whatever nineteenth attempt at doing a, a He Man movie. Um, attempt because only one has ever succeeded in actually getting made. They've been trying and trying and trying since then. But James Wan was going to do it and everybody's like, oh, good. And there was mixed reactions. I think now, in hindsight, it would have been a genius idea because he totally gets how these, you know, he sort of gets the the bombasticity of these properties. But it was really interesting because I think they may have even done a little pre-production. I I looked oh. at Aquaman I was like, holy crap, half of this cast would have been his He-Man cast, like completely. It's like he almost had these this these binders you know for casting out you know he-man it was just like when he started doing Aquaman I was like well shit a lot of that works here too um just the fact that even Dolph Lundgren you know who was he-man in the original 80s movie um he plays I think King uh Mira's father I forget his name King whatever
0: oh my god that's Dolph Lundgren it's Dolph Lundgren holy shit but I'm
1: watching that going – I'm watching that going, this character, the way it's <coughs> the way it's on screen, looks exactly like King Randor in the He-Man lore. King Randor is, of course, if you're familiar, Prince Adam's father. Prince Adam becomes He-Man. So I'm just like, what a – like, it just – I started going to that rabbit hole going, wait, I, he looks like Randor. Wow. Hey, that's who he would have cast – for Skeletor, potentially. Hey, that's who he would have cast for Tila, And just, I was like, it, it, it all started lining up in my head. So I'm kind of, now I'm bemoaning the fact that he never got to do He-Man, because that could have been genius.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, I did see Dolph's <coughs> name in the credits and was like, who was he? Oh, man. Um, he was great. Yeah. Um, And in fact, Amber Heard totally blew away my expectations. She was way um, better
1: than I thought she would be.
0: Yeah, and, and I, 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 not... I had no preconceived bias. I, I don't know anything about her. It was just her appearance in Justice League, I felt like. Oh, yeah. It was just like, I, I just felt, you know, green screened on like a, like, like, obi-wan talking to anyone in the prequels you know like it's (laughs) like, are you even on the set with jason momoa like it was so weird you know they
1: probably shoved her in a room for like an afternoon and say we need you to do these lines go and she's like what's the context it doesn't matter we're gonna write that later we'll make it up after the fact imagine
0: all of this is an undersea something or other we haven't designed it yet but imagine
1: you're talking to the villain then to the hero like it could be any of those people you don't even know it could be congress just whatever it is just say
0: well all right yeah, I, this is all actually a pretty good segue into the book that I've yes, talked about. And I think this is a, you know, we, I, we, we almost had that decision paralysis of like, how do we memorialize episodes 99 and 100? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up not planning it at all and miscounting. And so I think this is like, <laughs> this is a really good episode 99, I hope. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. talk about a legendary DC book that I had yes. not read until two weeks ago, uh called crisis on infinite earths
1: it's finally happening this is one of those titles that i feel like like you know when we did um i think i reviewed um um, kingdom uh, come kingdom come kind of felt the same way where i was like i i sheepishly was like i had not read this yet i feel like crisis is one of those books where it's like you know hardened comic book fans are looking at us going wait you hadn't read it yet
0: exactly that's exactly how i felt for many years let me give you a quick tldr on it just don't even read it. <laughs> oh wow!
1: Oh um, my god! But I no, love, would love
0: to get into to my thoughts on why that should why I have is that this. Opinion. Is
1: this like Infinity Gauntlet, like the original sort of that original Infinity Thanos yes. thing? That's where you're just like you kind of think, oh, this is like a crucial sort of yep. piece of, of the Marvel lore, and then you're reading it, going, oh, how did this ever get <laughs> like yeah, totally successful? So it's the same kind of booker.
0: Okay. So all right, written by Marv Wolfman. Uh illustrated by George Perez. This is the team that did uh the Teen Titans back when I was reading them in the 80s. And um, oh, I'm not I'm not quick enough with uh with our list stuff, but I did talk about the Teen Titans, the game that they they got back together like you know, uh 10 years ago or something and did a Teen Titans book to sort of wrap up what they talked about. It's in episode number 61, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh Crisis was published in 1985. Having read it now, I want to go back to the game because I remember in that episode feeling so frustrated with myself that I couldn't talk about it very well. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things of like you I, – I think I had just sort of – I had remembered teen, liking Teen Titans so much and then to read a current era book written by them with those same characters, it just, something didn't fit. And it, you know, that was the thing that kind of got me stuck. Like what, you know, do I, like what, it, what my enjoyment was and my nostalgia were sort of, you know, at odds. Mm-hmm. So I went into this with no nostalgia for crisis on infinite earths. I knew why it was written and what it was supposedly written for. I have looked at it forever on the shelf and th- you know, at a comic book store and thought I just got to buy it. And it's one of those really, you know, thick collections of, mm-hmm. I don't, I, Actually, think it's that many issues, but it's just a—it's a big fat collection, and I, you know, and I've always hesitated um, because I <laughs> tried to struggle through Nightfall from Batman. I'll talk about that maybe in some episode. Um, and I've also tried to struggle through <laughs> all of the Civil War tie-ins, not even mm, Civil War Two. Wow. Um, and similarly failed at that. But uh, this, you know, it's a big book, and I—I I didn't even think about it until. Uh, Amazon did a black Friday sale on DC books and I grabbed this one. I grabbed kingdom come also. Um, and I, you know, and I thought like, Hey, this, this is good fodder for panelism. Like I can just start going through these seriously, like, you know, greatest comic book arcs and talking about them. Mm -hmm. Um, so here we are, here's crisis. Uh, I, I read it on, um, I don't, I, I, it was a struggle to get through. So I couldn't even read it. In, in a day of traveling, which I've done mm. with with several novels and things like that, as we've talked about on the podcast, like ordinarily sitting down and reading a novel, you know, in the time it takes me to fly across the country is like, that's not a big deal to me. I can read for that long
1: mm-hmm.
0: while, while traveling. This was like, I, oh my God, I kept closing it and opening it back up and I'm taking notes the whole time because... As I will get into, I just I had a lot of thoughts at the at the time, and I also don't do that. I usually don't do notes until after I've completed the whole thing because I don't want to interrupt mm. the read. You know. Mm-hmm. Then I get off the plane and I text you and say, "I've got the most racist comic book to discuss on our next episode."
1: And I was so shocked to learn that it was this. Like that is the last <laughs> thing I would ever expect to hear about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like I so now okay let's start okay. with that what well what, where <clears throat> let me you give you let that. me give you a,
0: a slight intro because I, I asked before we started recording if you knew like why it was written and so just for the edification of our listeners um the dc did this you know this thing that like every everybody does like in their in their fantasy system they uh, they have like a beloved hero um but they've, you know, some other writer is has done a different version of that, and they don't want to like sort of end the one version because they've got this newer version, and so they they DC had a multiverse. In fact, you've talked about multiversity before, which was a, a Grant Morrison um, experiment with some characters. One of my favorites. Yes, yeah. but they, uh, you know, back in the eighties. And there is a really good introduction written by George Perez at the beginning of this book. Like, where, because this is the, I read the republished version. So, you know, it's kind of remastered. It's got a bunch of DVD extras at the back. Um, But he has this big long letter of like how he had all been sort of like, you know, all these ideas have been collecting and he finally pitched it to DC. The idea was let's do one big team up book. And this was sort of before the era of team up books and event books, you know, Mm -hmm. this was like the really, the first big one. And the idea was, let's synthesize all the universes into one. Let's Mm -hmm. get rid of all of these, um, you know, conflicts and there's, you know, we're we're not going to have an Earth-1 Superman and an Earth-2 Superman. We're going to have one Superman and we're going to have, you know, so...
1: So so this was a decision driven by creative interest and necessity, not... From oh my god, our sales are down. What can we do to juice things up? What's our what's I, our <laughs> what's the what's our, what's our sweeps week show? You know, like that, it, what,
0: I, that's what Perez would have you believe.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I, I'm not cynical about it. Like I didn't read because they do that like, now.
1: That's that's when they bust right. that. Shit. I mean, Doomsday Clock is nothing but that. I'm sorry. Right. Civil War II. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think um, I, I do think it was a more innocent time. <laughs> um, and they they were less cynical about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure that it succeeded in its pitch because it did make sense sales wise. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're marketing three different Supermans. This is freaking crazy. Like yeah. we need, you know, we need one book. Um. uh So, so that is that's the you know you go into it knowing that it is a a a story that has been written to solve a publishing problem, I guess, Okay, you know, and, and not that that doesn't make it an interesting creative problem, but it is, you know, it's not just sort of written for the joy of the plot that he dreamed up. It's Mm -hmm. like he, he had these characters that he'd wanted to write for a while and he didn't know how to, you know, put their power in the right setting. Um, So it did give him a good, like it did kind of, you know, according to his intro story, it all kind of fell into place once he Mm -hmm. figured out, I could write this story if we combined all the universes. So, um, so that's where I think the Infinity Gauntlet stuff—the comparison is is really apt mm. uh, because there's going to be a whole bunch of space stuff, you know, in this mm. book. You know that going in, and it's 1985 when this came out. So it is the art style is very 1985 DC, you know. Okay. Um, okay. There's a a real big nod to all of Jack Kirby's like, you know, tech drawings where you know there's these spaceships or or big, you know, fortresses on planets or asteroids or whatever and they're just drawn in that way where it's like it doesn't look like any heck that you've ever seen you know it's there's all these like different circles and lines and you know mm-hmm. shapes drawn on it and you're not you're really unclear of like wh- are these buttons or do you just have all these <laughs> weird details sticking out um so it's in that style and i'll t- i'll jump right into the racist thing now i as i start reading it i'm just because of the comics that we read these days i was really struck by all the white faces in it like it is just Hmm. everyone is a is a white person um and and i think i <laughs> i think i told you before we started recording too where i you know it's sort of like i get to like page two and i went was that racist and then i was like no 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 you're being too sensitive no, I mean, when like, you I say get,
1: everybody do you mean like just like people down the street like everyone, you, everyone. all the
0: heroes and this, okay. this is this is where it really stood out so uh when you first meet at this time in the 80s hal jordan was not earth screen lantern mm-hmm. uh john stewart was and he oh, was so- John Stewart
1: yeah. was around this time. Okay.
0: Yeah. And he was black. Yeah. And so he appears um in some of the early like superhero, you know, uh montage kind of stuff there. But what struck me was like, as I'm staring at all these white faces, I was like, Well, there's Green Lantern, like that disproves your theory. And then I went, They're showing him from the back. Like there would be all these heroes from the front, and he and then you're seeing he's, you know, not not uh, not in a way that didn't make sense for the story being told in that panel, but just uh, interesting. Like you, you don't have a black face in this and you have mm-hmm. a green lantern that we all know is black. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as the note I made was that he is shown from the back in three of the first panels that he's in. So you don't see a black face. Like you, you know, there's one of the, I put three of four because there's, it's not like, you know the first four. It's like one, two. You see his back, and then you see his face, and then the fourth one, you see his back again. I, but, I just,
1: I love the way you're describing this. is is very much like the movie JFK, where uh, Kevin Costner is explaining, <laughs> I'm explaining going how, how <laughs> down and to the right, yeah. down. It's, it's like, just, I just, it, it's not, it's it's just slightly conspiratorial sounding, but I, I believe you. I, be, I believe yeah. this is all. I just, I love. Serenity. Yeah, I'm picking up.
0: I'm picking it apart like like a, a term paper on. Yeah, they're minority representation in 80s uh, event superhero books. Um, But yeah, you don't see a black face. And, you know, and then I'm like sort of racking my brain as I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, well, I I think Black Lightning's around at that time. And yeah, he shows up. Black Lightning shows up in this. And then I notice when he shows up that only Jon Stewart and Black Lightning drop their G's when they're talking. Oh, wow. And it was like, (laughs) oh, my God. And the bad dialect stuff just starts from there, like it's hey, just. Hey, black
1: Latin, you a bad Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: like, exactly. You know, like there's, there's this, uh, and it's, you know, I, I, this is all going to be about the context of it. But there's like that was <laughs> very apparent when that happens. And so then at this point, I'm going, uh, is this book racist? And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a couple racist things in here. Mm-hmm. They go to an ape. City in Africa? Oh my heavens! <laughs> and I was like, "You have to be fucking kidding me!" Uh, <laughs> no, wait, D- wait, 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 wait. DC is- had like an existing ape city but, that was that specifically get, based in Africa.
1: Is that not how we get Gorilla Grodd? I mean, like, where is he from? Is that? I
0: don't know. Is that a DC thing? Yes, Gorilla like, Grodd is.
1: Def- I, yes, definitely. Gorilla Grad is. He's he, even appeared in flash episodes on the TV series.
0: Um. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. I I don't know, but it was just in the context of that where I went, you know, this is not good. Yeah. Um and obviously it was an ex- it's not like the writers made up that part of the universe and just inserted this this, you know, city there. Like that that was a thing that DC had. They had these super smart apes and um you know, they they had their own like this this uh, you know, it's um you know, they're smarter than the humans. Like they're more technologically advanced and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, the story takes them there because what what Crisis is going to do is it's going to land in like, it's jumping around to all the big points of the DC universe. Um, So I I think part of the wonder of it at the time was, wow, they are bringing in stuff that like, you don't even think of as being in a superhero book or, you know, like if it is, it's a weird one-off or a what-if kind of book. It's not like, this is all no, they exist in the same universe and all this is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that obviously that's the radar is <laughs> like alerting me to all the <laughs> terrible things. They, then <clears throat> uh, Sergeant Rock, which is like, um, and I guess I think they're called the Howland Commandos or is that the Marvel thing? I don't know.
1: That's Marvel.
0: Um, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Sergeant
0: Somebody Rock told me that there was a
1: Howland Commandos. Maybe it's the same thing that they're all like – like uh like the wolf man and like the mummy. No, so no, that's it's,
0: not this. Okay. But Sergeant rock was like their world war II character. Okay. And uh, you know, it was just so they could have a world war II book. Well, he shows up because there's this weird time travel thing back to world war II, And there, so he's fighting off the Nazis. And I, there's this really strange thing that I, you know, <laughs> anyone would pick up on in this day and age, which is that their tank, flies the confederate battle flag wow and it is absolutely prominent in every panel and not prominent like it's up in your face it's like even if it's way in the background even if this (laughs) tank is way in the background they have made a point to draw a rectangle you know with red triangles and a blue cross you know so this is
1: this is less like Hey, like, am I being overly sensitive to it? And more like when you're watching one of those Bugs Bunny cartoons from the like yes. '40s, and you see like a Japanese person come into frame, you're like, "Whoa, right? What is yeah, going it, on in this cartoon?" It, it, right, it's, it's almost like that where you just you're a little shocked that this sort of cultural thing that you, you yes, know, thought was immune. I, I, you know, I
0: think that yeah, that is that's where you've nailed it. You know, it is it is it is all the cultural thing, and it's it's just so strange in our present day to look back at something like that you especially something that is sort of like rooted this whole storyline is rooted in the diversity of their universe mm-hmm. and so <laughs> it, that's
1: right wow
0: to <laughs> i never thought of that. Yeah, to be so unself aware as you're oh, doing really? that is like i mean like there's no reason to have sergeant rock in this and yeah. I'll, I'll get, yeah. I'll get <laughs> more of the time travel stuff <laughs> yeah but, well,
1: you- that's, I'm just surprised that in like, you know, what's considered a seminal title, you know, that sort of is very de- definitive in terms of the canon of of DC lore that like they'd bring in somebody as inconsequential as Sergeant Rock. Right. Be like well, to have face time. It's like, who should we get that nobody knows or has remembered? I well, know.
0: It's, you know. And it brings up this weird historical thing now to me because as a Southerner, you know, as a person who grew up around this dumb flag, like the thing uh, the Okay, so you picture 1985. I, I don't know the World War II history. I don't know that we had tanks drive around flying the battle flag. I don't know because what I know about the history of the the Confederate battle flag. So for starters, sorry, to, for, sorry for this divergence, but you went to school in Nashville. <laughs> no history and with you can Todd. Ap- appreciate it. But yeah, the this is not the flag of the states of the Confederate States of America. This is the battle flag that they took Correct. to battle. You know, this yeah. is like specifically like we hate black people and this is the flag under which we're going to show that and if you don't believe that that was a reason for the the you know southern aggression in the civil war then you need to read what the southern states wrote themselves in their articles of secession because they all mention slavery that is exactly why they seceded it is not a war about other things or states rights it's about slavery.
1: You're listening to panelism, everybody. Uh, I know. Like, sorry about, about comic comics books. and graphic novels are <laughs> on your, so, sorry. I,
0: yeah, sorry for my my southern <laughs> passion about this issue comes out on that. Like it is a, inherently a racist symbol, um, and to have you know someone flying a racist symbol fighting the Nazis who are like the personification of racist evil is like. I, who am I rooting for here? That does I don't, seems <laughs> so strange. Right? Can you, like, can you both wipe each other out? Like, if I, if
1: you think there'd be like a tank with like the Star of David or something? You know? So oh my god! War, yeah,
0: like, really like, piss these Nazis off. Yeah, like yeah, what if the Nazis like were like, hey, you know, wave the white flag, hey you hate black people, we do too. Let's all get along. Like wow. you're on our side. I mean, all if right. I'm the superhero from the future that goes back to this, I'd be like, you know, fuck <laughs> that.
1: I mean, so wait, well, there's a good point. Is that is that the setup? Is this like yeah. the past is so screwed up? That oh, you know no, no, no. This, this dude from the Civil Wars fighting the Nazis like it's the, the 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 past has come out of alignment. Somebody needs to go back and set things right. Is that where, <laughs> is
0: that where we start <laughs> off? That would be so awesome. If, no, I wish the superheroes went back and literally just wiped out oh. Sergeant Rock's platoon. Um, I, now so uh, um. That, there is a there's a confusing bit. I don't know. I don't know about the, uh, you know, the um, uh, continuity issue at this point, but but it's alluded to that Sergeant Rock's in Sergeant Rock's universe, World War II never ended. So they've been fighting it for an additional 30 years or something. But that's a weird, I think, retcon kind of thing, because they're all using like World War II appropriate technology. So it's not like a world advanced for 30 years. It's just this weird, you know, at retcon that DC put in there so they could keep making a world war two book in the eighties, which is mm. also just weird. Mm. But again, if you think like, God, that's, you know, Todd, you're being too sensitive. That's not really <laughs> racist. Well, a couple pages later, they're <laughs> back in the old West. And this is, these are, this is straight from my notes. <laughs> Some fucking cowboy just called a native American, a half breed scalp hunter.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Wait, how can Wait, whoa, 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 so whoa. I was like,
0: how did they even get away with that in the 80s? And right after that, or right before it, another cowboy character calls Jon Stewart a colored man.
1: Now, are, are we sure that they're not trying to his, 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 uh, historically depict what people did say? Um, no, I know. mean, I
0: think they are in a way. It's just like, guys, this the lack of self-awareness here. Like just I to see. have one page where they call John Stewart a colored man, which I know from being, you know, a, a youth in the '80s was not acceptable yeah. in 1985. I mean, you know,
1: your black friends were not really going to be f- fans of that if you were no. And in a,
0: and and you know, again, you're like, well, I was a cowboy, and they're trying to write. It's like, dude, I don't know that you get that's. I Imagine
1: being a young black kid, you know, 13 year old kid in the '80s going through this, like. What? <laughs> I just, you know, just John, just unless John Stewart pops him at the at cowboy in the mouth in the next panel, like you flip the page, it's like, oh, ha ha, ha. that doesn't happen, I'm guessing. So no, like,
0: no, 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 no. Of why, course not. Why are
1: they? Why are they bombing around World War Two in the Old West? Like, why is it? That, what I'm not hearing at <laughs> all yet yeah, is yeah. mention of any hero outside of John Stewart's backside. Well, like, what's I- the.
0: The problem is that they're they're all there, but there is a really weird thing that... um, You know, granted, I think at the time it was cool because Mm -hmm. a lot of the minor heroes start taking a a more major role in the, like, inciting events of this. So the ones that originally go back in time and stuff like that and do these jumps are, like, Blue Beetles there and, and, you know, that Green Lantern. And it's just not... It's not, like, the big core... Uh, group that, you know, it's not, I mean, Green Lantern is Justice League, but it's not uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, it's sort of like they, they, they're there, but they're sort of getting pulled in a little bit later. So okay. uh, maybe I should talk about the mechanics of the plot, which yeah, I still see. don't totally understand. But basically there's this guy that they, you sort of originally assume is an evil person um, named the monitor. And he next, is the
1: is this one. Is I'm sorry. Is this Nick's Wotan? Is this the, the the black guy monitor? Is that that's Oh wait.
0: Is that a thing? I don't know about yeah.
1: that. Yeah. okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> so, so in the in the multiverse and in other in other medium uh, and I think they're even trying to bring him into the one of the CW shows. Or right, there's a there's a guy, there's like one of the monitors is named Nick's Wotan or Wotan and he's this uh really cool looking character. He doesn't look like the robot monitor, but he kind of has like a similar costume. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know if the, I, I'm curious because I didn't know how, what like the first mention of him was, if it's not it's, this, it must've been further along in the, in the timeline.
0: Well, Perez, uh, I believe created this character and used him in other books. And mm-hmm. so this was the, but he'd sort of had this idea that he was bigger than all of that idea. So yeah, I mm-hmm. can't believe I've talked so much about the racism. I haven't even talked about the, the how you know, the actual mechanics of the book, but it starts out where just worlds are being erased. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Thanos in slow motion. Mm. Um, And there's this one character whose name I did not write down and totally escapes me right now. Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to look at it and I don't see it. Oh, what is this guy's name? Anyway, he's being forced to like, he just sort of disappears in time and space. And, and when he, when that happens to him, he knows he's about to witness a world being destroyed. Mm. So then he reappears um, uh, wherever that world is getting destroyed and has to witness all of these people just sort of disappearing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so as this is happening, um, they, uh, they were jumping from earth to earth and, 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 you know, universe to universe um, and f- finding, you know, heroes that may have been sort of like they were, you know, they're inside DC books, but they were sort of imaginary or whatever. Like there's a, like a Superman a Green Lantern copycat team where Superman is called Ultraman and Green Lantern is called Power Ring and <laughs> um, oh oh and they're the bad guys I forgot about that okay um, on this Earth whatever Earth it is and Lex Luthor is the hero so Lex Luthor has his um, son Alexander um, who is a baby and in Superman style he has built a device that will go through his universe, like it will arrive in the different universe. So, um, he sends Alexander, the baby on that out, out of his universe. So he will be spared it being wiped out. Wow. Um, and as part of that, it's kind of cool be- because Alexander leaves that plane, um, and has to travel through the destruction. He inherits like he he becomes part antimatter and part matter. And mm. so he he's able to channel that. So he ends up with the monitor. The monitor sort of grooms him and then then they recruit these heroes um and explain to them what's going on and the heroes of course have have noticed like hey <laughs> shit's going crazy. <laughs> um so they uh uh the monitor he he has this story oh he has this other character called the harbinger and um I I can't even remember exactly what she does. I, and I only just read this book, <laughs> but wow. um, the it, it's um, it, it's it, oh man in Infinity Gauntlet. I'm trying to rack my brains to like there were characters that became crucial to Thanos in that book
1: mm-hmm. that
0: you've you know you seemingly have no history with. Yeah. And, uh, and that's sort of what happens here is that maybe the monitor had been in some other books. Um, but they treat, they treat him like he's
1: been like, he's a, Oh, you, it's your, it's your friend. You saw him in the last book. I mean, they, they give him sort of that familiarity. That's not, hasn't at all been earned. And that kind of drives me nuts from time to time. I've read, yeah. I've read stories like that too, where it's like, "How am I supposed to know?" And like, "Who is this?" And it's the, the answer is like, "This it's new," but they just sort of treat it, they roll with it, like, "Oh yeah." this is- And it's it's supposed yeah. to be like
0: really fearful. But the thing is, like, yeah. if you don't have any history with that character, I don't. And it's and it's also one of those things where it's it's um it's very fantasy and video game esque of like, "Oh, here's this big bad that you have no history with that is already." You know their stats are like already so overpowered that you know your hero can't win against it and you're like well I, I don't what the who cares like at that point you're just like well whatever just wipe out the earth because like we can't do it <laughs> so mm-hmm. like let's run the odds on this I the, I just uh uh looked up the, the character I was trying to think of was pariah it's pariah that keeps getting pulled from water oh, okay. so he becomes instrumental in this other way too but basically you're 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 left with these three people pariah harbinger and the monitor and you don't really know like it's not even a case of like them playing the tone of like oh you don't know whose side they're on it's just like i don't care they seem limitlessly powerful and we have no history with them like we don't know them as humans or Mm -hmm anything they're all white people of course uh, because even in like the far reaches of space and time wow you, you can only still find like two white men and a white woman
1: was this a coloring issue where there's like oh we ran out of coloring budget just put it out like <laughs> would this have just been better as black and white you know just just put it out that way so the, the other real,
0: the, I, the other thing that's real famous about this book is that it killed certain really prominent heroes mm-hmm. and it brought in sort of new heroes you know they got to introduce new heroes, and <laughs> mm. but so again, you know when you're like you're like wow that's uh you know um you're being too sensitive Todd. There's a part where the monitor creates a new dr light and i can't remember how dr light ended in this because he's back in identity crisis like you know 20 years later or whatever anyway but dr light is gone in this universe so he needs to create a new person with the powers of dr light Mm -hmm. so he uh finds this japanese woman the scientist and and imbues her like there's an accident or whatever and she gets all the powers of dr light the monitor has arranged this um and people (laughs) keep referring to her as the female Dr. Light. <laughs> oh my god. Like that's that's her name. It's like bolded. Um the and, female uh,
1: doctor, lady Dr. Light.
0: I know. I, wow. I, oh my right. god. And there's then like Wildcat gets terribly injured. And this woman that again, I don't know if she was already in continuity. I've never seen her before, but she takes on his costume because she was friends with him. Um and You know, she's like, the world. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Yolanda Montez. And she's like, I'm no longer Yolanda Montez. I'm the new Wildcat. (laughs) Okay. And then people will eventually refer to it as, like, oh, the new Wildcat. You're like, no, it's just Wildcat or give her a different name. I don't get it. Like, this is so lame and so. Fundamentally, like the the way eighty the DC and Marvel probably both in the eighties approached comics, you know, yeah, they they just all the names just stayed the same, but they would sort of move people into the costumes when they needed, you know, diversity or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it is nice that you know it's a a, a Latino woman that becomes uh, the new Wildcat, but (laughs) that's not you know just it's just so weird. Um, So it's also famous for it kills Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, co- the that's the
1: cover you always see is, is yeah. Superman standing there holding a, a dead or what you assumed is a deceased Supergirl.
0: Right. So uh, the the scene in which that happens when Supergirl dies is one of the few with any. Like character m- movement, really, at all, like it, mm. it's just so I, I mean, I'm just I think I'm just dancing around saying badly written. And mm-hmm. I get that it was written in the times, like, and, and you know, I'm not even talking about the sexism or the racism or, or just the 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 genre itself was just, uh, you know, when I reviewed that Stanley Catwoman uh, a few episodes ago, and we talked about, I talked about how there were like she would say things that should have been in a thought bubble or like a narrative box, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she would just say things like, "Thank God that Green Lightning!" Oh gave me yeah, that. so. Uh, the Supergirl death scene is one of the few where there's like actual character interaction, even though she's saying, you know, thoughts she's, you know, Clark, you taught me the best. And, you know, I will go, you know, I'm going to jump into this danger, even though I know it's dangerous or whatever. Um, And uh, she dies, but it's just, there are so many heroes in this. And, there's very, very little space at all to give that any real emotional weight. Like, everything... I mean, whole worlds are getting wiped out. Mm-hmm. And she takes a blast from this bad guy, and, you know, Superman comes out, like, holding her body. Uh, eh. So? I mean, right. like, literally, like, billions of people have been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, So it's really weird. And I think the Flash story is... um much more interesting and actually like emotionally resonant. And it's, and it's actually a very clever thing, which again, I don't know if it was already in continuity, but it's, he's using the speed force to move through time and the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming they introduced that power at one point, but there is really great foreshadowing in that. Like at the beginning of the book, Batman sees, you know, flash talk to him and then, and, and Batman's like, where are you? What's, you know, what's going on? Like, how did you, like, there's just sort of this image of the Flash that appears in front of him.
1: Which later, if you don't remember, appears in the Batman v Superman movie.
0: Yes. Where the
1: Flash kind of, yeah, same sort of, he projects himself or
0: yep.
1: you know, Batman imagines he talks to him. So that's, that's where that came from. Yeah.
0: And again, I see, I don't know how many times that's happened in there or if that was specifically a nod in Justice League uh, or sorry, the Batman v Superman You know, if that was that, was that a nod to crisis or is that just a thing that flash does, but flash, yeah, you know, he, he, he dies, but at every like time of him dying, he's projecting himself into one of these other universes. So various people are encountering flash at different ages. Um, you know, and there's, of course, there's another super cheesy scene where Wally, you know, gets the, he's mourning the death of flash, but he takes his power ring, which, or not his power ring, but the ring that holds his costume. And he's like, you know what? No longer am I kid Flash. I'm now the Flash. <laughs> and he puts the Flash's uniform on. Very confusing because Jay Garrick, the old Flash, is also in this universe. Interesting. <laughs> and he's just Flash like he survives. He's just living on Earth now. Um. So There's going to be a trademark dispute somewhere there along the way. Yeah, to get a little bit more. Into, so, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm also dancing around the idea that there's just – I get that it was written for the time, but it's badly written. And yeah. one of the problems with that that you I can say specifically about how it's badly written is the superheroes themselves never figure out anything. There's mm-hmm. literally this just deus ex machina in the monitor who shows up to explain the whole thing that's going on. Hmm and while there are some clever little things you know like it's not the flash thing is clever the harbinger thing isn't really clever i mean you can see it from like a mile away but she ends up killing the monitor but of course that was the monitor's plan all along because he had to move his energy from his body and blah 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 and it's like you know but there's there's there're some narrative hooks like that that are good mm-hmm. but the heroes themselves have no agency when they Mm -hmm. come up against these, like the antimatter is just like a white wave that is taking over planets. It's like a wall. Mm -hmm. And they will just fly up to it and they'll all shoot their beams at it. You know, and it's like green arrows just shooting arrows into the (laughs) antimatter. And you're like, why don't you guys have a conversation for like 10 minutes and you'll figure out how useless that is. Uh. So uh, again, like a lot of the, you know, the the, quote, like uh, deaths that happen, you're like, well, yeah, just get the fuck away from the antimatter. Like it's so... Obvious. I mean, not that the planet can be, you know, saved, but like you running into the antimatter is not going to do anything.
1: It almost sounds like the parodies you see when they like sort of other shows yeah. spoof like hero teams. It kind of like this is the yeah. sort of antics where it's like, look, a white wall, shoot it with your power. And they're just like, you you're hopelessly trying to battle it back. Like, we did it. You know, and then they go home and the thing, the threat is still obviously there. They didn't, they didn't yes. jack.
0: And so. we find out that this antimatter is actually being driven. By wait for it, <laughs> the anti monitor. <laughs> okay, like there's literally a character called the anti monitor, and there's this whole story that some character talks about these these two brothers that, like, I think it's one of the Green Lantern, uh, whatever those old guys are, the little blue the guardians, like, the smurfs. Yeah, they, um, the so Spurfs. the guardians like <laughs> explain the whole monitor anti monitor thing, um, you know, and they're they represent the yin and yang of the universe or whatever, but it's still like, okay, so now there's two gods. <laughs> mm-hmm. that are having a war in a multiverse and you're just throwing humans at it all the time <laughs> like it's just but gaming. no top ta-
1: meta humans they have abilities and things and that's yeah
0: really- <laughs> I did so while while I'm reading this I'm ta- I read it uh digitally we'll get to that and I'm taking uh <laughs> screenshots of like to, for more bad exam more writing bad examples this is one <laughs> single panel I'm gonna <laughs> read to you which is supergirl fighting the her last battle. She says all my life I've considered life the greatest of gifts but you're a blasphemy of life. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you don't deserve to survive. And the anti-monitor says stop it. You are destroying my life shell. Okay. That's four lives in one panel. Wow. Not even a page. Oh. Like this is one tiny panel. Then there's a <laughs> There's a, you should, you we should do it. We should, I what
1: we should do is I want to reread it now, imagining that everybody's just drunk the whole time
0: and just oh, see. Oh, I got a perfect panel for that. All right, all right. Uh, uh, Marvin Martian or whatever his name is, the Martian Manhunter, he says, We Martians do not get cold. Why do you ask? And Firestorm says, Sheesh, Mars doesn't need women, what they need is a sense of humor.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is another single panel oh. i i uh clipped which was wonder girl talking to firehawk um and wonder girl says so firehawk says i want to go with you to the on this mission and wonder girl says no thanks firehawk i'll be finding there by myself and firehawk says i insist i'd love to explore in there anyway and then wonder girl says well actually i wouldn't mind some company this is exactly what happens when i role play with my seven-year-old niece where i'm like we got to get to this thing and she goes no you don't want to do that i'm like yeah but they've got batman captured and she goes yeah let's go yeah okay well let's move the story along you know like we don't need to <laughs> it's don't no goddamn weird- wonder
1: that that when Watchmen and the dark knight returns came out that it was such a revelation, especially Watchmen. I mean, this is the environment we were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, two yeah. years I, prior. I,
0: I, that is, oh, I'm so. That is so such a wonderful point. I'm so glad you said that. I did. That did not even. I had thought about the the Watchmen era, but I wasn't even placing it in the same year. You're right. Like we had Watchmen. Yeah, the, that we, came Dark, out two years return. later.
1: We were almost there, and like that, both of those books came out relatively close to each other. If I'm not mistaken, I forget. If I, Oh Third my
0: gosh, 86 or 88? I think it's 88. I um, wonder oh how God. much Dude, Alan Moore we were... felt about when he read this and went, Jesus Christ, that's terrible. Oh,
1: that. I mean, I can't imagine. We were, I think, when did, I'll do you one even better, when did Arkham Asylum come out? I mean, talk about mm. tonal shift. Um, was that uh, like 90, 89?
0: Hang on, I got um, to Yeah, I, I'll tell you, there's a... Um... <laughs> One of the other panels I screencapped because I thought it was so funny was so Supergirl dies. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I I just made this bullet that said this is. I, I'm imagine me on the plane reading this this book and I I flip over to Google Docs and write, wow, this is surprisingly not that sexist. And and then I have another bullet and then there's that shot of Supergirl's ass. Oh <laughs> no. And then the next bullet I have is Supergirl's name was Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Linda what? I don't know. He calls her Linda at one point. So I, the, the reason it's not that sexist is because there just aren't that many women characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's how you
1: that. Just don't, have, don't even have them. Just, just yeah. no women at all. That way the men can get back to do what they do. Yeah. Like, drinking and talking <laughs> oh, about women. A, per,
0: a perfect example of that. Oh, two, two examples right there that I've got bulleted. One is that Lila, who is the harbinger, um, loves the, the monitor. And, and when she kills him, she's so upset you know, like she doesn't understand it's part of his plan and, and she's been controlled by this power and she kills him, blah, blah, blah. But I, as you're reading, you know, I'm like, as I'm thinking about the sexism in it, I, I made a note like, Oh, I forgot that Lila, uh, keeps saying that she loves the monitor. But in the beginning of the book, she talks about how he treated her like a slave. Like what kind of fucked up stuff is that? There's this other character that, oh, I can't even remember. So, you know, some dude that manipulates emotions and he manipulates this ice queen whose name I, I don't even remember, but her power is that she's Iceman, but she's, you know, whatever. It's like the same exact thing. And he manipulates her from being evil to falling in love with Firestorm. And so there's this whole thing where Firestorm is just like nagging her like crazy. <laughs> hmm. and, it's, and it's so weird. Like, I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's just played like little kids. You know, yeah, play, none of play that sounds believe. like
1: it, it serves the plot at all. Like I just it's no no no, no. Like so many tangential little side, just whatever was on their mind at any given time. By the way, Arkham Asylum, the book was October 1989. So we were four years okay. away from that.
0: Yeah. Um when this came out. I just and I uh, think I think Dark Knight was 86. I think you're right on that. 86, um, and then
1: was 87, I believe.
0: Yeah, which are not like uh paragons of um. Uh, equality <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but they are good writing. Oh and this God. Is like the prototypical event book. And I, it is just so such bad writing, you know, in that it doesn't really investigate its own, you know, past of sexism and racism, like in these comics that he's bringing into this universe. Mm-hmm. And it's just like flat out bad action. Like it's just, I can't believe that an editor let him get away with that using life four times in a panel. I can't believe that an editor was like, like when he just has all the heroes, like there's a part where all the Legion of superheroes, but all of them do this, but the Legion specifically where they all just go shoot their powers at the antimatter, And it's like, (laughs) man, if I were the editor, I would have been like, Hey, I'm sending this panel back. This is fucking stupid. Like come up with some clever thing for them to do. If nothing else, (laughs) just rescue people. Like acknowledge, like we can't beat a wall and a, a, like, you know, (laughs) wall of antimatter that is creeping over the planet so let's just get people away from it you can fucking fly and you're just letting people get wiped out by antimatter (laughs) while you're shooting beams at it it is so stupid
1: why do you think then – why do you think it's still heralded as a, as sort of a seminal piece? Is it simply because it was the first style book of this nature? Because you can't – I mean you can't with a critical eye obviously look at this and go, oh, this was – like you can – like again, I'll use Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns as an example. They're usually held up as like these were the first times we saw comic books or graphic novels as novels, as literary yeah. works. You can't – you're not going to say that about this. You so- know What is it? You
0: know, great question. And it is, it is not held up for this reason, but I I think what justifies talking about it and ranting about it in our show is that this is like the turning point. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think I've talked to you. I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast and I can't remember who said it, but it's on, I think it's on, Okay, so there's a, a, it's a podcast called The Canon. I think it's Amy Nicholson that does that. and It's all about like people bring a movie to her and, and have to make their case for why it should be included in the canon of great films. Oh, fun. Someone, someone brings Point Break to her and she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, I get it, funny. And they're like, let me hit you with this. This is the moment, like it's directed by um, uh, Catherine Bigelow, who at the time is married to James Cameron. Mm-hmm. It comes out, I think, even the same weekend as Terminator 2. Oh, wow. Terminator 2 is the, like, last paragon of the 80s action hero. Like, Mm -hmm. after that, Schwarzenegger becomes, like, a parody. He starts Mm -hmm. doing comedies, and he does The Last Action Hero, which is, like, a parody of Mm -hmm. his own movies. Yeah. And Point Break is the introduction of a skinny geek as the new action hero. Mm -hmm. Because after that, Keanu Reeves goes on to do Speed Mm -hmm. and Matrix and, like... He becomes the like before him.
1: Great point.
0: Yeah, and I like Amy Nicholson's like blown away when (laughs) when that was pitched that way. Like this is the moment where it all changed, and I think crisis in that way is the old guard. Like this is the dumb superhero comic writing, and Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen are saying this is what it can be yeah because that's, so that, that's why i think we need to look at it critically like this of like this, this sort is sort of the last story.
1: the last of the old cycle right
0: don't memorialize this don't think it was somehow you know like some great achievement on its own i mean it is in in for a whole lot of technical reasons and business reasons too but story-wise writing-wise like this is not good and you know it's not worth having on your shelf um Yeah!
1: Wow, that's like that's like that is the that is the uh, thumbs down from from us. It's not worth having on your shelves. Take it away.
0: I'll quickly hit some other bullets. All right, (laughs) Uh, on the sexism point, (laughs) in the way, like in a in a thing that they could have corrected in 1985, (sighs) um, is that uh, 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 Superman speaks Japanese? Did you know that?
1: (laughs) I mean, he's Superman. He's
0: of the world. I thought he could. He does this, like, right after Katana is like, there's nothing for me to do here.
1: <laughs> I He's think like, she
0: even literally says that. There's, there's one hilarious note I made, which is, uh, so after Supergirl dies, there's a panel of Clark reading the news. <laughs> just hanging out? And I'm, like, I'm like, well, okay, one. He went back to work after that. <laughs> like, Did he know at what? that point,
1: though? Had he been told? I mean, yeah, he, he must yeah, have. No, no,
0: Clark. Clark, he was there. So yeah, yeah. He there. Like he so carries he, her body out. So he's and, like, hey. then, and then he flies back to Earth that's about to be destroyed by the antimatter and goes to his day job.
1: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> and so while – but it's a shot of him reading the news. But in the foreground is the editor saying, what's with Kent? He's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lana says, "Yeah, he's been that way ever since he heard about Supergirl's death, Clark. What the fuck, man? Take a day off.
1: Oh, wow. Um, there's a kind of got to work.
0: I made this whole series of bullets about uh, event books, and um, you know, it just it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't in ways that like." when time merges, which is what's happening is these earths are literally coming together. Like they're starting to vibrate at the same frequency. Mm-hmm. So they will eventually just destroy each other because they're going to vibrate over top of each other. Um, but what's happening is like on each earth, things from different earths or planes or time periods are appearing, you know, like uh, the world war II people might appear in present day Manhattan or something. But when time merges, there's only like one of each person from every universe. Like there's not, I mean, I, 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 I uh, it's just, it's just so weird and like not well thought out. Why aren't there 400 supermans yeah, or something like yeah. that? Um, the, it, uh, like one of the things, and, and also one of the things that happens with that time is that it's, you know, I mean, and not to be nitpicky, but it's only time, it's only times where DC had a property in that time. Like, oh, the, wow, you know, the okay. Western stuff is only whatever that Jonah Hex Mm -hmm. you know, Western character is vibrating into the modern day. And the Sergeant rock is the only world war II thing that comes out. Like if there's a whole planet where world war II never ended, how come that whole planet didn't vibrate onto earth one, you know, or something. I mean, granted you can't do that, but there's no explanation of why these are the things they chose besides, Mm -hmm. Oh, DC owns a comic book about that. And they wanted to make sense. So yeah. again, like why didn't the editor go, you know, forget that we don't really have a continuity problem with Sergeant Rock. Just just put the Supermans together.
1: Yeah. Um, that's what that's what I love. The multi see now you really gotta go read the multiversity.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh they Grant Morrison utilized a lot of stuff that was canon already and then invented a lot of new stuff on top of that one because he had there's this uh this actually i posted the uh, posted on instagram over the weekend yeah. there's this multiversity guidebook that walks you through all the different earths uh, that have either been discovered or are known there's a couple that aren't known which is interesting that he sort of has a kind of a question mark over but he you know there's there the, his take on so many different characters like there's a black superman who's the president in his universe there's a you know a Superman, who's basically a vampire. There's a Superman who's like, you know, it's a small little child Superman. They're all those heroes of little children. Like, just the 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 weirdness of all the different variations, but the fact that it's in every Superman, in every universe, there's basically this equivalent character, more or less. Yeah, um, and
0: I, I think it's that is just, you know, that's Grant Morrison, and that's the new guard. Yeah. And this is like the old guard, like, just hitting its, you know, its, its wall of like... <laughs> Uh, of like I, I can't imagine 1985 this must have seemed like a, a crazy good idea
1: oh yeah but no, i just no. as
0: the drafts start coming in i just don't understand how even at that time i mean because the the terminator the movie already existed at that uh, point oh, and that, right. hand, that handles time travel in such a better way than this does wait oh. am i wrong about that Maybe nope. Terminator. It, no. It, no,
1: that was 81 8081 i think is terminator really i think it, yeah right. it's it's before this i promise you
0: yeah but t2 is 90
1: yeah, they took a while. Or eighty
0: nine, maybe um,
1: Terminator one was. It was before this. It was clear. It was pre nineteen yeah. eighty five because Back to the Future was eighty five, and that that was long after Terminator one.
0: And you think about like you write a comic, like you write a movie, like there's a script, you know? Yeah, and yeah, you should the, anyway. That's how you do. It, yeah, even just a cursory glance at a movie script, you would realize like, oh, we don't. You know, movies are bad when they insert one narrator to tell you all the exposition and that's what happens here like the exposition just comes all at once from one of those three totally new characters monitor mm. harbinger or pariah the the heroes never learn anything on their own you know batman oh, wow. the world's greatest detective hasn't figured out anything they're just told and then they don't you know they, they lack the agency <laughs> to do anything but just shoot at it like they're just oh wow they're just blunt instruments yeah and oh, right, you know well. I, I, I it's uh I just, I just found it impenetrable and I think I would written a conclusion here, but I think, um, I, I've impenetrable. St- I, I like that. I like that <laughs> one word review impenetrable today, <laughs> you, you know, just that, that thing of like, where the, the danger is so big that you can't stop it. And so you have to have some of uh, this other, you know, some deus ex machina has to come out to, to fix it. It's oh. so anyway, It's so strange. And my, the conclusion I wrote is something I've already said, which is like, you know, if you, (laughs) it it is, it is racist and sexist because it fails to examine the power structures of its own time. And especially Mm -hmm. when you're talking about a comic book that like I already pointed out is (laughs) about diversity Mm -hmm. and is about power. It's like, what a great place to examine that. And I get in the mindset of, you know, the writer, like that's, he just wasn't self aware of that. He wasn't aware of his own privilege to sort of operate in that that system, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to blame the individual, and and you know, or, or is he just a product of his system? But it's such a, a missed opportunity. And as you and I have have re- repeated many times, like just to see that, like Watchmen, Dark Knight are around the corner god i bet frank miller's daredevil had already come out at this point
1: oh yeah so, like or it was yeah it was straddle went alongside it so yeah we and,
0: were... and alan moore had other i bet v for vendetta came out before this like yeah. other stuff was out there and yeah you you made a great point of like why is this still so revered and i'm just here to say like don't revere it like it's not worth having on your shelf it's just what?
1: that uh, I I will go back to impenetrable I think I'm that is a great there's it says so much and it's, it's so compact of a thing what would you recommend uh, if you're fans of this you're your fans of, of other books will like this what would you what would you say
0: I on our on our little note sheet where we say recommended if you like I put garbage event books and <laughs> probably civil Civil War two
1: all right so <laughs> And You know what? There's no shame necessarily in that. These books are almost kind of like the Harlequin romance novels of the comics world. It's like, oh well, I got to see what's oh, got to see what's going on in my stories. You know, you Even, just you sort of acknowledge because Fabio's on the cover that this is going to only mean a certain quality. Uh, well, and-
0: it should definitely show you how good comics are today. Mm. Like the fact that Ooh. we can feel yeah. for characters. I mean, the fact that like you know the Aquaman movie has you tear up at the end. Like this is there's there's no human connection in here you know the th- that's that's just the biggest deal and I, I i just it's so weird to go back and revisit that and go oh my god no, none of these people are traditional mm. and you know I, I, I don't know at some part at some point and this is where it should inform uh current movies is at some point you should go whoa that's way too many characters we can't make any of them human if there's like you know 10,000 of them mm-hmm. so like dial it back like don't have an event movie or book that big so big that there's no human interaction in it you Mm -hmm. know um yeah i've just uh i I don't know that i will go back to like marvel's secret wars or something but i'm you know i'm just kind of curious like were they all just dog shit (laughs) well
1: (laughs) stay tuned folks we'll we'll continue to find out yeah yeah if you want to hear me
0: rant if you want to hear me rant about Civil War Two, which I did not read, uh, that's in episode ninety-six, "The Unstoppable Wasp," where I just went on a tangent.
1: Yeah, it was a fun one too, Civil War Two, which is hilarious because I have a Civil War Two poster that I fancy. That I great poster, I, great poster, <laughs> terrible book. It's uh, the poster. They should have just done the. It should have just been a concept poster, and then just that's all we need. That
0: would have been so great. We don't um, even need the book. Yeah, I, I appreciate you indulging me in this long-winded. Uh, diatribe against crisis on infinite Earths um you know thankfully d c in, in case you loved it, I think they've probably made twelve more crises books at this point I mean yeah. it's just the gift that keeps you know uh, crapping on you yeah. um so
1: maybe they've gotten better as time has gone on maybe, <laughs> maybe if you if you are listening and you can weigh in on Instagram let us know tell how yeah. these are there crises books later on they're like oh though no, they they got it right they learned from their mistakes i that would be great to hear.
0: I wonder if there's like a real lesson in, in people who, you know, for people who write fantasy and science fiction of there are just some problems that are too big to even try to solve. Yeah. Like just, you know, it's uh, in a narrative form in that way. Like it's, I don't know what would have been like if, uh, they did something like they do with the New Fifty Two or whatever the Rebirth or something, where it's just like all of a sudden the next month was just issue number one and everything yeah. before it had been erased. Yeah, like there's just no Supergirl and you don't have to worry about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, it I I don't know. And I and and like Civil War Two, I I harbor all these grudges against uh, Crisis because like it they eliminated my favorite version of the Huntress, uh, who was uh, Batman and Catwoman's daughter um, on Earth Two. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me that now she's you know the the son or sorry the daughter of like a mobster and and mm-hmm. and she has no there's no like you know lineage the super super bad guy good guy lineage kind of thing it's so yeah this is a a, a mess and yeah
1: it makes me appreciate it almost, I hate to say this but it makes me appreciate um, titles like Invincible you know oh my god you you know they are they're done there's not gonna you know he won't keep writing invincible for another 45 years where you know it's it's one story start to finish he could and he could bring it back he's got a daughter you know in the, in the canon now that he could t- do another run on but it's not like i mean superman's almost god we're getting closer to 100 years on Su- of superman um oh. it's like that you, you, <laughs> it's just it's insane that like you can t- keep like you, retconning and redistributing and splitting up and like it, you making up all these sort of excuses to keep the story going versus just creating a new character. You know, it's at some point it'll behoove of both DC and Marvel to really start thinking about what are new characters that nobody's seen yet. Cause I, I mean, when, or when was the last time that happened in mass, not like just a little one off here or there, but like, Oh my God, here's like a whole new, this is like the new X-Men and we're going to ride this as hard as we ever did the X-Men. Like, you know, what is that?
0: Or, uh, as I would suggest and have done on this podcast many times, like, or just show them in limited arcs, forget continuity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the the archetypes are established. Mm -hmm. Just take three months, six months, a year, or just take like two issues and tell a cool Superman story. And then, you know, I, I I mean, there are cool that like, you know, we've, I talked about the, the, um, the mighty Thor when uh Jane Foster takes over the hammer and I thought that it, that creative team did such a good job from the beginning to the end of like you know having a real vast universe of like her having to interact with all this stuff but still having a good core story and it being about characters and stuff but yeah they could have done that in a year and I would have thought it was awesome like yeah. it's it's the miracle that it lasted four years or whatever it did yeah. you know uh. um so I just don't uh you know like It's, it's a weird thing. It should, it should just be a lot of, uh, important lessons to, you know, us as we create our own things and we go, yeah, do I want this to like, at what cost should this survive forever? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. continuity you know
1: yeah well, i mean we're we're even seeing that in things like star wars it's just like do we need we don't need the skywalkers anymore like that's just it's not interesting at all like we need something new we're just i mean i i'm still interested in seeing star wars stories but i'm getting a little tired of that you know like they there needs to be something new i'd rather i you know i'm i'm fine with a product imagine if they had just kept making back to the future movies going back to that real quick (laughs) like i mean i i we love it because there's just those three, and they're nice and tight, and they, you know, they have a really just wonderful focus that you just want to relive again and again. If they had gone on, if there was Back to the Future 55, right now, it's like, you know, think about how many different twists and turns they've had to have, would have had to make to keep that interesting. Doctor Who can get away with it. That's like the only thing, yeah. that comes to mind. Where I'm like, what's a story that's just as long that seems to still stay relevant? But it baked into the DNA of that show is the ability to make massive changes, but still keep the continuity more or less.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that is that's a great example of they they had to to put it in the you know like like you said like in, into the DNA they they had to figure out a, like a, a what am I trying to say a, a mechanism mm-hmm. by which they could like refresh the universe but stay in continuity. And they, and it's really amazing because they
1: put that in, in the sixties, like the second season or the second doctor came in. They're like, Oh shoot. Our lead actor, he can't, he's not physically able to keep doing the role. What should we do? They invented this, this idea of regeneration. Um, and at the time, like it was inventive as hell for the time, but you know how how fortuitous in that they basically set up a situation where they can recast the character in a, whatever shape, size, race, or, or gender they want, and the show keeps going. And unlike James Bond, they don't have to pretend that like the previous iteration didn't exist. Or you know, James Bond has to kind of skirt around that in these weird, interesting ways. Um, yeah. You know, it's like how do we? What continuity do we do? do we bring forth from actor to actor? You know, last time around, Judy Dench was the only one who made the cut. Um, well, that was so but, weird. Yeah, it's very weird but like then doctor who is just like we can literally we can fire off companions as long as this time machine looks like this police box that's all we need and and i mean that was just such a genius thing to do so i, I don't know i feel like both dc and marvel have the ability now they've seen other stuff you, you, there's cl- plenty of examples that we just as we just illuminated they could easily start making some really interesting bold changes that what i think would keep a fresh readership going i mean the reason i don't read any of these mainstream, you know, these main title books, these, you know, like the main, you know, the main four or you know, whatever they are, it, you know, read the serialized versions, like, you know, ep, you know, issue 203 or whatever. I don't do that because I just, there's nowhere to jump in. We've talked yeah. about this in previous episodes. There's nowhere to jump in. You know, I, I'm not convinced that, you know, like the next 10 books aren't going to be drawn really well. And then some new artists will take over from there and I'll hate it. And it would make more sense if it was encapsulated in its own, you know, unique, You know, limited series or something. I just, there's, I I would be a bigger reader if all of that was split out, but that's, we can talk more about that. that, that, Yeah.
0: I'll plug two more of our shows, which is if you want to hear Taylor explain Doctor Who to me, that is episode number seven.
1: (laughs) Was it that long ago? Wow. I know.
0: If you want to hear uh, me, uh, well, I, I don't think I explained James Bond to you, uh, but I, I talk a lot about uh, the James Bond of the books and stuff in episode number six. Oh, uh, wow. Where we talked about spy movies and you talk about the Mission Impossible franchise and that, which I still haven't caught up on. Quick question, which one do I start with? I have only seen number one.
1: For Mission Impossible? Yeah. You've seen the first, you've seen the Brian De Palma one. Yes. That remains the best one in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, would, I would then go to uh the philip seymour hoffman one which is number three
0: okay so skip the john woo one right
1: (laughs) so that technically that one doesn't even exist i've signed a pact of of people that we've all sort of (laughs) agreed to just
0: erase it from this reality (laughs) i think you're being totally literal i think you really have signed a pact
1: it never it never happened no i would do philip seymour Hoffman's probably my second favorite closely followed by the uh, I think number four, it's the next one after that. Yeah, the next one after that, the Brad the, Bird directed one. That one's that one might be the, the best one just overall because Brad Bird did such a great job. My, I mean, the, the De Palma one is stylistically the best one. But um, mm. but yeah, then go from there. And then since then, it's just, they stopped, after that one, they stopped sort of making, they stopped writing, and literally this is true, they stopped writing a script. They started writing set pieces and then they just built this, the story around the set pieces literally as they were filming them. It's oh like, well, what should happen? Let's see. We have this set, this, this set pieces. Tom Cruise is going to get attached to an airplane as it goes into space or something. Okay, cool. Uh, how does that happen? Um, let's think about it. Like, and, So they're literally stringing <laughs> together. So that's why when you watch these movies, you're like, that wasn't really like, it, it's, it's, they seem so paper thin narratively. And it's just because the, you know they built these cool action sequences and that's it.
0: Honestly, that is a great wrap-up to an episode where we mainly discussed a book that started with just a problem and worked worked its way backwards to character and story and never quite got to the last one. Well, on that note,
1: you can find us uh, anywhere. You can find podcasts. Spotify is still to come, but um, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Casts, and more. You can also find us online. We are panelism.inc.com. On Instagram and that is also our URL www.panelism.inc that's dot i n k subscribe share and tell your friends also leave us feedback wherever you can we appreciate it and definitely we breed it all so anytime you have a comment on the show or a question or a complaint
0: send it our way yes and we will see you for episode number 100
1: that's right can't wait see you then